because because uh, I I I, ne- I had never bought one of those shirts from that place before. Oh, what's the website again? Was it T Public or T Fury? One it's of probably, them. It's probably T Public. See if I can find it. But but I remember like the shirts of the day were a Yakuza shirt and a <laughs> Guitaru Man shirt, and I'm like, what the. F- is this is it my birthday i've never i've never seen guitaru man merchandise anywhere it's your and, secret uh, birthday so I, so I i went i went and i just bought both straight up and i had never bought something from them before oh nice Welcome to episode 112 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. Uh, I'm Hilary Andreff. I'm hosting again today. And joining me today, I have two lovely panelists, Michael Solosi. Hey, uh, yeah, maybe you've heard me on podcasts before. I'm Mike Solosi, <laughs> and I'm here to get funky. Yay. And Gio Castillo. Hey, I'm here to jazz it up. All right. And as you may have guessed, uh, our topic today is jazz and funk. Um, There have been a lot of remixes in this vein for RPG music, and we haven't really had an episode like this, and I think it's safe to say all of us appreciate uh, those genres of music, so we're here to enjoy and listen. Um, Jazz and funk encompasses a surprising range of styles, so I think the assortment of songs that we picked shows that. You'll hear some slight gospel jazz to more smooth jazz to several flavors of funk. So very excited. But let's start by talking about what drew us to the episode. Um, so let's start with you, Gio. Yeah. So um, I tend to like jazz arrangements in games. I, I, I mean, in real life, like uh, I'm pretty familiar with jazz because my my, my dad actually listens to a lot of jazz, so like I kind of grew up with an ear for it. So um, I, my ears always perk up when I hear uh, jazz in, in video games, and especially and like even like uh, arrangements of jazz songs, uh, of, of jazz arrangements of songs from uh, from RPGs. Uh, it's it's always a good time. Like every time, I, like I don't think of. I ever, I don't think I've ever really like disliked a, a jazz arrangement of anything. It's just, it's just, because jazz is so like freeform and it's so, it allows a lot of um, creative expression. So, like I'm, I find like I always like enjoy even a little bit of pretty much any jazz arrangement I've heard. And like, yeah, it's just that's what I like about jazz. Like it's so, it's so, um, uh, it, it's it's. Uh, it it allows for like a wide array of like a range of sound i guess all right um i think i have something that kind of dovetails off of that so i think i'm gonna go next if that's okay excited to have you uh i also um learned a lot about jazz from my dad um his father was uh an exec in a record for a record label just kind of like regional sales exec so my dad grew up with a lot of music and he taught me a lot about jazz at a young age. I was like asking my uh, elementary music teacher about Dizzy Gillespie. Um, 
So I've been listening to it for a while, have an appreciation for it, and I've reviewed it for the site. Typically, like when we've done Music of the Year and a couple other reviews and things like that for music, I tend to gravitate toward the, uh, the jazz arrangements of RPGs. So I'm excited to be here. Um, I also think that because of the improvisation and kind of some of the range of styles and range of instruments that you can have sometimes, you know, we've got big band and different ensembles that you can have with jazz and just obviously lots of room to emphasize and have the musicians work off of each other. Um, it's just always really, really interesting to listen to. So that's kind of my story. How about you, Salosi? Well, I, I guess someone has to represent the funk end of the spectrum. <laughs> I, I didn't grow up listening to a lot of jazz or funk necessarily, I, uh, but I, d I did grow up playing the piano and, ev and eventually learned um, drums and percussion. So uh, like music has been a part of my life since I was very, very small. But when I uh, started broadening my musical horizons, especially just being in um, band class and marching band uh, throughout school uh, through the first couple of years of university, um, funk was something that re I really was drawn to. It's uh, like, like and, and funk isn't a genre either, I think. I, but, but I think w when I think of funk, I, I think of syncopated rhythms, um, danceable music, uh, music with us with a lot of um, prominent drums and bass that gets your body moving. Um, growing up near Washington D.C., I'm I, uh, I'm familiar with a lot of go-go music, which is sort of a local um, version of, uh, of of funk rock. Um, like like, but 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 technically, like like pop, rock, disco, jazz, big band, all of that can have funk if you can sort of hear the bass and drums in a certain way and, and, uh, and find it a little danceable and jazz. I don't, I don't find, I don't think jazz as sort of dance music the way most funk is, but it's definitely that controlled chaos, that, uh, improvisational element that Hillary mentioned, uh, definitely syncopated rhythms. Um, uh, and, but, but like a jazz bass is not the same as a funk bass. Um, Jazz, jazz, uh, jazz drums is not necessarily the same as funk drums, but there is a, I think there's a unification of syncopated rhythms and 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 sort of a a fun chaos that can manifest itself in many different ways. And um and so like jazz is something I I uh, I won't necessarily say I seek out a lot of jazz arrangements or jazz music, but but it, the the like good jazz is undeniably awesome. Because you, you you can feel the virtuosity of the performers and the and the freedom with which they're expressing themselves through music, and so like like I I feel I feel like jazz is sort of a free form open expression, and funk is a uh is you know is a like feel the beat get your body moving kind of um kind of idea, but they're connected in just you know in in, in just let. I, I can't say why they're connected, but I can, but I feel why they're connected. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a through line there, and I think you hit on it with a, a little bit with like the syncopated rhythms and a little bit of just kind of like the spontaneity sometimes with it. All right, excellent. So today, uh, since we have three panelists, each of us has picked three songs, so that'll give us even a little bit more uh, of an opportunity to explore jazz and funk um so we're ready to get into it and start listening to some music let's do it all right so G geo you have our first pick 
The first song I'm bringing is uh, an, a jazz arrangement of Tifa's theme from Final Fantasy VII from the album, uh, uh, you know, uh, makes sense. It's called Square Enix Jazz Final Fantasy VII. And I think you might have heard it from Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's on. It's in the the jukebox in the game. So, and it's probably. I think it's the first one you you can you, the first song you can find for the jukebox. So, yeah, you can't miss it. And then the second song that I'm bringing is uh, "Glass in One Hand" from Last Window: The Secret of Cape West. Uh, that's an old Nintendo DS game. And I hope you enjoy. All right, thanks. Let's go listen.
yeah, I, I guess what can I say? Like, um, I, I noticed that you actually uh, reviewed this album, Hillary. Like, uh, it's uh, like I didn't realize it actually. Like, the album actually came out around the same time as like Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, it did. And yeah, and so a whole bunch of these songs also came uh, came out in in the game, which is really cool. And I, I think this is like oh, this is definitely I've listened to the whole album. Like this is definitely like my my favorite one. And I think uh, a huge part of that is like the uh, Im- improvisation moments, like in this game, in in this song, because uh, um, you know, like Tifa's theme isn't really noteworthy on its own to me. Like it's a, it's a nice song, but I actually uh, don't come back to it like the normal version often. But I come back to this one like all the time because of the towards the middle, it just it, they start to get um, they start to play around with the melody. And it's like really, uh, it's 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 really pleasant to say the least. Like it's it's just endlessly listenable for me. It's like I, it's one of those songs that I just play anywhere. <laughs> it's um, you know when the saxophone comes in and the uh, you know the way you know it just it's I think it's uh, it's a really gentle arrangement. It it, it amplifies the gentle tone of Tifa, the original theme very well and uh, it's just um, definitely my favorite version of Tifa's theme that's all I'll say I think but yeah one of the things I mentioned and kind of liked about this album uh, versus some of the other Square Enix jazz arrangements is the fact that it was I think a, a smaller ensemble and a little bit more like brass and piano versus some other instruments uh, than the other albums and I think they use that to really good effect in this arrangement, like the way they build the, the melody transfer from the piano to the to the brass to build the intensity and just the way, you know, Tifa's, Tifa's theme has some very kind of simple but calm and pretty snatches of melody. And I think they, they use that and the way they repeat it kind of makes it a little bit more interesting um, while still maintaining that kind of peaceful tone. And yeah, definitely the, the improvisation. I think I have parts in my notes where they, they come in with some really high notes toward the middle to start some of that improv. And then they have a really minimalist section at about 3.30. And so it's just, I think that's one of the other things that makes it really fun to listen to is the way they they play around with the instrumentation and having that very minimalist section in the middle. And it's just a pretty polished, nice version of the song I enjoyed it a lot too yeah um, and uh, I, I, I think another thing I like was like uh, yeah like I one thing I didn't mention is like how it uh, builds up over time like gently like they introduce more instrumentation like uh, the the beat kind of shifts around a bit um, and yeah the high notes that they introduce mid, uh, like midway through it's it it's just a I don't know. It feels so slick to me. It's just a slickly done song, like made. It's very obviously composed by masters of what they do. Yeah, um, this is a kind of jazz ensemble that I really, uh, I, I don't know if identify with is the right term, but I, the, but I really appreciate. Uh, it, it's it, it's not a full orchestra, and it's not really like a four piece rock band either. It's just. Um, it's it, it's probably fewer than a dozen musicians uh, that that is uh, that has brass, woodwinds, drums, and piano and bass. With like each uh, 
and and it, it, there's, there's there's sort of a taking turns vibe to this one mm-hmm. that like uh, that that they're they're playing together and sort of establishing what the tone of the song is, but then they're taking turns with solos and improv and improvised segments and um, uh, e- and even parts where the drums and bass are more prominent. But you you can just tell that these are skilled performers that are living still living within Teeth's theme, but uh, but like but playing with it. And in a way that makes it feel like both, like like it, it's a very cozy song, and that, and that song and that uh, adjective cozy is probably overused nowadays, in in, in a lot of different contexts. But it, it's it, it's still this this warm feeling song. But they the way each musician uh, plays around with it is is both very fun without betraying the nature of the song. And uh, uh, this is the first time I've heard. Uh, this particular arrangement, but it's 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 really really good. I liked it a lot. Oh, I, I just want to like, um, sorry, I want to like respond to Solosi. Like, I, I I noticed that too. Like the taking turns, like it's like there's like a call and response going on in the song. I I, I think that's something in 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 jazz and funk, uh, mm-hmm. especially in like I mean I, I mentioned it before, but um there is a a call and response um uh like like the uh in 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 certain kinds of funk music like in like in go go uh like like the the mc or the band leader plays off their own musicians but also plays off their audience in a way that in in a way that i don't know is is, is somewhat unique to funk but but we're we're gonna, we're still in jazz world right now so i'm gonna I'll, I'll save that for later but it's definitely prominent noticeable in both to some degree just the kind of like taking turns playing back and forth responding to each other oh i see yeah it's nice that we're like connecting jazz and funk you know two genres that you know don't don't like on their face fit together cleanly but there's like some similarities between the two definitely all right are we ready to talk about glass in one hand are we ready to get our drinks (laughs) yeah Uh, i'm i'm ready i don't i don't have too much to say about this one other than Basically, I just love the vibe. <laughs> like, I, I love the vibe. Like, I love this game, Last Window, The Secret of Cape West. Like, um, I don't know if you guys have played uh, Hotel, Hotel Dusk. Hotel Dusk? Or... Yep. Oh, I've, yeah, I, I'm familiar with Kyle Hyde and Hotel Dusk. Oh, good. And, and, and I, I, yeah, I, I knew it had a sequel um, that that was released, I think, in Europe, but not North America. So uh, if, if you, you know, um, dip your toe into the riskier parts of the internet, uh, you can... Uh, find an, a, uh, a a way to play um, Last Window on a machine that you own, but but uh, basically there's a there's already a full English translation, but I uh, but it never released in North America, which is why I haven't played it. But um, Hotel Dusk is great, and uh, this song is great. Um, I got lucky. I tracked down. Did you know that? Um, uh, game, like I have an Italian copy of this game. And uh, it, it it actually has English on it on the on the cart. So yeah, a, 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 a lot of Euro releases have uh, have multi language uh, versions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So um, so I, I got to play it, and uh, yeah, it's it's magical. Like I, I really love this. I I love those two games. Like I just love what they represent. Like they're noirish. Uh, like yeah, I, I love that the whole, that developer sing. Like I I'm sad that they went away, but. Like they, their legacy is like quite incredible. I think, like these moody point-and-click adventure games, and uh, uh, the Hotel Dusk series, Hotel Dusk and Last Window, have this very uh, down, like very 
understated jazz, noirish soundtrack. This is like one of the more upbeat ones, upbeat songs in the soundtrack. It's a, I think uh, if, if I remember it, the song plays uh, when, when Kyle literally has a drink at the bar. <laughs> They, yeah, they. Um, th that's actually a, a semi-prominent moment in Hotel Dusk, when he's um, when, when Kyle is uh, is meeting the other hotel guests for the first time. Uh, uh, he he makes it very clear that he enjoys a glass of bourbon, and um, and, and I remember one middle-aged woman he's talking about, uh, he, he's talking to, uh, even says, "Oh, I found a man that enjoys that enjoys bourbon," and but uh, and uh, and Hillary, I think you and I were on the. Um, on, on on the the uh, like like accompanying drinks episode of Roman oh Encounter, yes we were uh, I, uh, a year or maybe a bit over a year ago <laughs> and um and I think this song would have would have fit in with that episode because this song does make you feel like you're walking into a smoky bar absolutely it has a loungy kind of vibe <laughs> but I, I, I I've played Hotel Dusk but not Last Window and this um and uh, but but uh, Geo is absolutely right it um it captures a feeling of film noir but uh without as much danger because uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe uh because you it, it um, in hotel dusk you really are sort of interviewing and solving puzzles and investigating uh, and, and I, I don't think there's a single uh, a moment of action or, or violence at all but it's a uh, it, it's it's a very it, it it's sort of a it's a a a slightly slow paced but very satisfying mystery adventure game where uh, all of the character art is uh, looks sort of pencil drawn against a, uh, a against a sort of hand painted background, and it, there aren't really any other adventure games that look and feel quite the same way. Yeah, I was definitely drawn in when I was sort of looking into it a little bit. It's satisfying, but it's, it's sad we never got closure for the overarching story of Kyle Hyde. It's really, <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah, because like same close, so we never. So so last window doesn't really resolve it. Oh boy, because they... in in, in hotel. I mean, Hillary, have you played Hotel Dusk? I haven't. I haven't okay. had the chance. Though. Oh, it's but and you and you love point and click adventures. So <laughs> I know. You really, yeah, I don't you, know what you really, I'm doing. <laughs> you really ought to get on that. But no, okay. in, in in the first one, um, well, I, I mean, one of the subplots is that uh, Kyle Hyde's missing partner uh, is sort of leaving him clues as to his disappearance. But so it, it, does last window have like more clues with no closure? Yeah, there are clues, but um, unfortunately, they never—he never gets in contact with Bradley ever again. Oh. So, yeah. And spoilers. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they were leaving room for you know more games at the time. I, I mean, if they, yeah, if they, if they didn't resolve it in Last Window, I, th I think they probably were hoping to make at least a third game. Well, definitely. One thing I wrote in my notes about this one is that I could definitely picture a location in a point-and-click adventure game. Um, with this song, just the way it's constructed, the it kind of has a, a, a charming melody, and I can almost picture some vocals with it. Like it would lend itself well to some vocals potentially. So I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. It was very smooth. Yeah, I could definitely and see I, the vocals. <laughs> <laughs> and I think wasn't one of my choices on the. Uh, I think one of my choices on the the cocktail episode was actually um, a shot of bourbon, but it was because I picked. A Western song from West of Loving. <laughs> All right, uh, Hillary, I'm going to mail you my copy of Hotel Dusk Room 215, Aww. so you can, uh, so so you can exp like, <laughs> so you can get to know Kyle Hyde just as Gio and I have. It sounds like I need to get to know Kyle Hyde. 
Yeah, incidentally, he he's like in Smash Ultimate, like as a spirit. Like <laughs> one of the most baffling <laughs> inclusions in that game is Kyle Hyde. Really? This is the first time hearing it, and consider me baffled. Yep. He's a he's a spirit in that game. It's crazy. Gee, I I I have no words. Like like uh, of all of all of the things. Huh. <laughs> I I I wonder if like someone from the now departed sing, uh, seeing or sing uh, found its way to that development team <laughs> and and snuck his character in there. Oh, I hope so. I like the idea of Kyle Head living on. All right. So for our next block, we're moving a little bit more into funk territory. With <laughs> looks like we staggered your your songs near the beginning, Geo. <laughs> looks like you have the next one. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'd happily like. I'm happy to get my songs out there first it's like i like it i like it fresh in the listener's mind so <laughs> yeah um, i'm bringing uh this next song is called higher or i get higher i think it i don't know uh in the soundtrack it's called Haya, h-a-i-a by uh uh this indie group i can only imagine i couldn't find much about them dd construction it's from the game moon remix rpg adventure excellent excited to hear some music from moon and then uh, i have the next track which is the 8-bit big band version of pollyanna i believe in you from the mother series
yeah so okay that was uh, uh a bit of moon remix rbg adventure that song haya is it's kind of it's like another song that you don't normally hear you kind of have to purchase the song like full disclosure i haven't played moon remix rpg adventure at least all the way through but like i've listened to the soundtrack uh non-trivial non-trivial <laughs> amount because the soundtrack is incredible it's like this collection of um uh, uh it's i mean there's like music that's part of the actual soundtrack and then they've enlisted like the whole bunch of like Japanese like indie indie rock jazz Shibuya K groups to you know compose music for the game it's not unlike uh, Katamari Damacy like it's very similar soundtrack it's just okay. like this whole mishmash of uh, sound songs and like uh, like I was like uh, I'm not as familiar with funk so like I kind of had to dig a bit for like a, a, a funk song that I thought would be suitable and like like I get, I, I remember this one because like this one is like one of my favorite songs from Moon Remix RPG Adventure. It's like this uh, filthy, filthy funk bassline and like this. Uh, I, I love this aspect of the song, like this little sample of like a, a, a of like a, a vocal, like this vocal sample of like someone warbling, like oh, like I love it. <laughs> it's, it adds like this weird quirky quality to the song <laughs> and like just the beat that just it, it drones on and on and on and like oh i don't know it's it's infectious and um it's also um emblematic of like the vibe of moon remix rpg adventure like this really weird off-kilter game um uh yeah and uh, I, I think this version of haya has never come out like on disc or anything like the actual like there's a different version of this on on like uh, albums that they put out but it's a it's a higher pitched faster version of the song and i don't think it i don't think uh it it's as uh listenable as this one which is like the one you hear when you buy the song in the game and so yeah it's uh, i definitely recommend like actually for it generally speaking i would recommend like you uh, if you're interested in listening to Moon Remix RPG Adventure, you should check out the songs as they were heard in the game rather than as they were like later like released like in in album form. There, yeah, something about these original versions just uh, hit different. I'd say it's it's yeah, it's incredibly funky. I feel like it couldn't have brought anything else. Yeah, um, Moon is one of those games that I've read about a lot. But uh, but never played because um, for a long time it was this sort of legendary uh, PS1 game that uh, I mean it, w- it was often described as an anti RPG mm-hmm. or um, uh, a game that deliberately plays with the ideas of the genre and and sort of and um, but but then throws them in your face and uh, and and does things that would you could say genre defying or uh, or sort of deliberately subversive it, but um it, it's inspired by by earthbound and other games 
but it, but it is a it, it is definitely like if if RPGs had a freeform jazz version, yep. then <laughs> then Moon would be a freeform jazz RPG. But even though this is the jazz funk episode, this is not a jazzy track. This is raw funk. This is a it, funk territory. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This this might be the rawest song on this entire episode. <laughs> um, the, the the bass is so heavy. Yeah, um, the, it comes the, right in too. Yeah, yeah. The the, the horns are very powerful. Uh, they, there's a there's some uh, some really filthy saxophone solos in the in the middle that yep. I, I, was was the most I, I, the one that stood out to me the most I think. Um, and, and then there's some there's some vocal tracks that uh, well I mean not a track there, there, there's a vocal piece that um it isn't really a, a melody it doesn't really have melody or lyrics it's more just sort of evokes that call and response like um like like just a, a small chorus just going just like like you know just sort of singing what they feel to match the song it's interesting because it kind of reminded me of some of the sort of atonal singing in shadow hearts but just like little samples of it that sort of fit in with the with the funk so it's it's almost kind of playing with some of the expectations of like kind of mysterious singing that you hear in RPGs a little. Yeah, like it, it almost sounded like Central Asian, like like like, mm-hmm. like there like there was a Bollywood chorus at the very end. But it, but they're 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 really like like Moon as a game plays with our ideas about video games and is sometimes deliberately unpleasant in in what it's trying to do. But and 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 this song is is definitely catchy and and great, but it is deliberately slightly atonal or uh or or maybe i mean cacophonous is probably too strong a word but like it, it, it's deliberately messing with your brain a little bit and but it, but it's undeniably funky and uh and yeah this song is great thanks for bringing it geo yeah oh, i yeah. love how you put that to words i couldn't have like i, I wish i could have said like it, it is it's it's just like it's your moon is like deliberately like obtuse and like kind of like abrasive like it doesn't. It's not really player friendly, and just it's just like this. The song. It's so. I think I would say cacophonous for the song. It, it is in many parts of the song very, you know, <laughs> it's like uh, the horns going wild at certain points, and like yeah, <laughs> I just love how you put that. And because Moon's Moon does have a reputation as being player unfriendly but brilliant is why I haven't played it. Uh, played it. Um, Moon was made available to a wide audience with a Switch version. I want to say what, what maybe six years ago, seven years ago, something like that. Uh, I'd have to I'd have to double check it. But uh, when it when um, that was announced, um, like like people were shocked. Like wait, wait, this thing is finally getting a port. Like like twenty years after it came out, and. Uh, um, and and a wide and not only a port but a but a wide release worldwide mm-hmm. worldwide and um and and that's fascinating to me because I again I I know this game by reputation but uh, because it's reputation as of this um th- th- this this sort of uh, like uh, abrasive unpleasant game that whose brilliance is shines through that it made me like hesitate hesitate to play it um it, it is on our ideas board of games to play for retro encounter. Oh, um, excellent! It's uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm both of you know that board very well. You you might have you might have seen that seen that up there, but uh, uh, I I don't know. Maybe I think this song does have me one step closer to wanting to play it. Yeah, I think so too. And I found myself kind of like listening for and noting all the like quirky sound effects too as we went through, which was which was a lot of fun. And I think it's going to pair very very well 
with our next piece, which is a little bit less funk, a little m- more back into the kind of like big band jazz realm, but it has some R&B influences in it as well. It's kind of a good like mash of things. Uh, and that is Pollyanna, the eight big, eight bit big band version of Pollyanna from the other series. So as Solosi mentioned, um, they are now Grammy winning, uh, they, the 8-Bit Big Band is a group, I think out of Berkeley, originally, of mu- jazz musicians who just also really love video games and they make arrangements and they have all sorts of different styles that they do. And I highly recommend checking them out. You're likely to find something that you really enjoy. Um, but I picked this song in particular. Um, I mean, I may have known uh, that Geo picked Moon when I was looking and I thought it would pair well, but really more than that, um, I think it's a good, it's a good reimagining of the song. Like I, I think it adds something to the original, which is really important. And it's, it's just a good example of the kinds of music we're talking about today. Like it has some gospel influences. I don't think it gets much more gospel than the chorus saying, you know, I uh, believe. Oh no, oh, no. Yeah. No, the, the <laughs> vocals here are pure gospel. Yep. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. But um, but but gospel does have a relationship with funk a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. like even though they're not the same genre at all, like when when gospel musicians want to add catchiness or danceability to their, basically there's an overlapping fan base with gospel funk. I mean, I mean gospel. I mean what? I mean R and B is already basically gospel funk, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah. When I when I listen to this song. I felt like I was listening to a secret lost Earth, Wind, and Fire track or something, because <laughs> right. it, because Earth, Wind, and Fire really does blend uh blend. Whoops, that, they're the opposite of that. They blend a big band sound with a rock sound, with a lot of gospel and funk influence. With it, with their with their like you can tell that um like you know like Earth, Wind, and Fire and and the people here they 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 learned how to sing in church. You can you can just tell, mm-hmm. but the. Uh, but yeah, with, with the bass and drums and piano here, with it, this gospel-influenced vocals, uh, it is it, it and and the way that uh, that Earth, Wind, and Fire songs just their all of their songs are either pure positivity ad- anthems or sexy slow jams, and uh, and and this is this song just makes you feel happy and make you feel like you believe you want to believe in something. It's it's so uplifting. <laughs> it is so uplifting. I I, I love this song and like Eight Bit Big Bang Band does a lot of good work. But I'm not sure I've heard them do a song like this before. No. With, because it really is funk, gospel, big band rock. Yeah. And I, I, I want a whole album of this. Me too. I mean, they, they play around, you know, we're, we're kind of discussing a little bit how, like, all this music has some common factors. And, I mean, you can tell they have a, an appreciation of all of it. Because they really, they, they do typically lean a little bit more towards, like traditional jazz sometimes sometimes kind of like lounge like they have their portal vocal tracks which are basically kind of sinatra style um but yeah this is a little different from them for them and i enjoyed it so much same year i mean i think uh, thank you so much hillary because like i think this is my favorite not only my favorite arrangement of pollyanna ever and this is probably also my favorite eight bit big band song cover it is just glorious (laughs) after higher like it just goes down so easily it's like it's just this triumphant uplifting gospel song that 
I just, uh, I don't know, I just, I was a pure bliss listening to it. It's amazing. It's so easy to get into, and I love how you get the, the like, this sort of, a little bit of the call-outs and, like, communication between the musicians and the singer. Like, there's a little bit of that on display in the beginning to just, like, pull you immediately into the song. I love that yeah, so much. Yeah. We're just we're like, here we go. Prepare to be uplifted. Yeah, and 8-Bit Big Band, they're so diverse. Like, they, they did a Samba remix of a different Earthbound song many years ago. And uh, and I think their most recent song, or at least in my memory, a, a, a week or two ago, they did a Gilbert and Sullivan operetta-style yes. version of, uh, of Scientist Solarian from Mass Effect 2. Which, yeah. is, which is an unbelievable <laughs> sentence to say out loud. But uh, yeah, yeah, they, they are... Um, they're such talented performance uh, performers and diverse arrangers that I uh, they're absolutely worth checking out. And but but this song, I, I don't know, it really just feels like pure positivity to me. Like I, I, I feel like I can go and achieve my dreams and uh, and and can get out of bed and do anything after I hear this song. This, this might need to be a new alarm song just to start the day. <laughs> In as positive a way as possible. I, I just need a a uh, a, a beautiful uh, uh, big band and gospel singer telling me that they believe in me. <laughs> yes. My other kind of secret reason for picking this uh, 8-bit big band song, other than like showing off the versatility, is I was actually there for the premiere of it, which was like super exciting. They premiered it in Boston, I think, well, maybe a year ago now. Um and wow, I, lost, okay. I lost my mind. No, I, I know how much you love Earthbound, <laughs> Hillary. So, you, like, like, how much did you cry? Is the is the question to ask? I didn't cry. Uh, shockingly, I was just kind of in trance the whole time and maybe bouncing around, going. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, and I, they actually they did two Earthbound songs uh, during that set, which was. Amazing. Oh, oh, did, did they do the Samba Foreside theme? They did do the Samba Foreside. Oh, that. Oh, that. I. I, I love that one. Yeah. They. they, they that's uh, uh, not as recent as this song, but it's, it's so good. No, and they almost didn't because it was they do a great live show, which actually live performance is definitely worth talking about with jazz or funk. Um, but they have a little bit of audience participation where they give two options, and the louder cheers win. Uh, and Foreside was one of those. And I may have screamed my lungs out to get that performed. And it won, so I was really happy. I'm so happy for you. It's, uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have taken like the Earthbound song would win in any, um, <laughs> in any um, choice between two songs, but I, I guess this one would. Look, if, if, if there's one fan base you should never underestimate, it is, it is Earthbound <laughs> and all those, all those maniacs at starmen.net. Yes, because true. because uh, like it is, it is maybe the most dedicated niche RPG fandom that I'm aware of. Uh, yeah, so uh, um, release Mother Three. They 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 have Reggie still joking about releasing Mother Three. When he when he did that troll tweet on Mother's Day, oh my gosh, I, I my eyes rolled so hard. I think I dislocated something. It's 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 almost difficult to really like overanalyze this song at all it's just it's a, it's one of those where i feel like it's almost better to just kind of listen and interpret and enjoy it yeah <laughs> I, I just wanted to put this into my phone and and like go skipping around a park on a sunny day listening to this song 
So we're taking a bit of a shift back for our next block. And I actually, it looks like I have the next song as well, which is um, the Sean Shafiansky arrangement from his jazz arranged version Final Fantasy IV of Rydia. And then, Slosi, you have the next track for the next block. Right. Uh, yeah, this is my first track on this um, episode. And it is A City of Another Civilization from the soundtrack to Tales of Exilia. It's a town theme from the second half of the game, and I will avoid spoilers as much as I can. Great. Let's go listen.
So I've always really liked Rydia's theme, and I particularly like this version from Sean Shafiansky's Jazz Arranged version, Final Fantasy IV. I like the whole album. Um, I first, it's one of those things where we were doing Music of the Year, I think a few years ago, uh, and this is one of the kind of arrangement albums that got brought up that I hadn't listened to. So I started and I ended up listening to the whole thing. Um, and Riddy was my favorite track from the album. Um, I love how it's got kind of like a slower, graceful kind of feel. And I particularly like the percussion. I think that really kind of put it over the edge like when I was thinking of songs from this album to pick, just because there are some percussive elements that you don't hear in a lot of jazz. I mean, sometimes some slower jazz songs, but it's a little bit less common. Um, so I wanted to show that off. And it's just like a really nice melody and kind of like Tifa's theme. I think it's a good example of the different performers kind of like playing around with that really well-known melody and adding improvisation around it and having that kind of communication and creativity among themselves while, while playing. So I hope you all enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, the, the percussion here is interesting. It's I think it's mostly just eighth notes. Like yep. it, it's it's not it, it it's not um hugely elaborate syncopated rhythms or anything. Exactly. But, which but, is... but be, because it's mostly just like hi hat, maybe loose cymbals, and and what sound like bongos. Yep. <laughs> um, or maybe maybe it's congas or like or like high toms or something. But I but I you know there's a lot of drums out there. But uh but but the fact that like it, it's just almost this very rhythmic metronome. That the piano gets to play around. Yeah, it's is, very uh, regular. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Again, I think I think it is literally just yeah. eighth notes. But the, uh, but um, but but really, it is, it's about and and also, also I should say that the bass is very pleasant and sort of and and low and and does uh um and and does support the song. But really, it's about this piano. Yep. Um, it, it is a. I, I think that the Riddy is the actual uh, original melody of Riddy's theme is a little harder to detect here than it was for the arrangement of Tifa's theme that we had earlier. Yep. Um, or, and, or certainly Pollyanna, which is, which is an extremely, which is, was an extremely melodic arrangement. Um, but so it's a little harder to find, to find the original Rydia's theme here, but it, it's because the piano is, is so playful and, and, uh, and freewheeling that it, it, it really, um, it, it really showcases the, uh, the skill of the performer here mm -hmm. and but uh even though it, I, I would not i wouldn't say it betrays the original Rydia's theme although it, it it uh it uh it it strays away from Rydia's theme a little bit it never uh loses the consistency of the tone of the song like it like this uh this song is a complete consistent piece and uh and it does justice to Rydia's theme uh but while being so so smooth this is like I, I think I described Higher as the rawest song on this episode. This might be the smoothest song on the episode. It might, yeah. And I think just really, really quickly, what you said reminded me. I think one of the things that I enjoy about it a lot is some of that piano improvisation sort of reminded me of other parts of the Final Fantasy IV soundtrack in a way. Kind of like the... There were some runs that reminded me of kind of like the flowy notes at the beginning of I think it's Train Beauty and some and maybe a little bit of the world theme. I don't know. It it almost felt like they kept that kind of consistent tone and it sort of reminded me of other parts of the soundtrack to fit in with Rydia's theme, which might be a little odd to say, but I don't know. 
Yeah, it makes me curious about the rest of the album because, like, yeah, like Slosi said, like, Radio's theme is very well hidden in this song, and like, I wonder, I wonder how uh, they, you know, I wonder if other the other songs in the soundtrack are similar. Like, you kind of have to like listen carefully to, you know, hear the original melody. There's a range. I would say Radio's theme is one of the more well hidden. I think the the Lunarian, like the moon theme is probably like the where the melody is the most hidden, but that's because it's a very kind of like slow sustained melody as it is. It's one of the less melodic, more atmospheric pieces in the soundtrack. So that one's a little more well hidden, but I think Ridia's is also one of the more well hidden. I think some of the other ones are a little bit uh, more recognizable. And if you, if you want a, a smooth jazz version of Theme of Love. I think the one on this album will definitely work. Ooh, I'm going to check it out for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I also wanted to, I don't know. I, I like, well, Solosi already mentioned it, like the, uh, how um, regular the beat feels. Like it, it feels, um, it's crazy how experimental that feels in like, in, in this genre where um, we normally have like syncopated rhythms and stuff like and now we just have like a straight up it <laughs> you know uh uh you know just a regular four four beat mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's very interesting <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I like it quite a lot it's interesting how kind of a lot of the improvisation and things are happening around that very regular beat. Oh, oh yeah. Like, like I feel like the drums are a metronome for this piano to go absolutely wild. <laughs> yep. But uh, I, I guess I'm um, speaking of uh, jazz piano. Uh, city of Another Civilization in Tales of Exilia is the theme for the city of Triglyph in the second half of the game, maybe the last quarter of the game, really. But and. And it resembles, it, excuse me, it, re, it represents a total tonal shift in the game. Uh, uh, minor spoilers about uh, Tales of Exilia, which had um, two very fine episodes of Retro Encounters, uh, 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 of Retro Encounter podcast last year. Um, at a certain point, what you believe has been a sort of medieval fantasy world gets... Uh, uh, you, you you discover another civilization, and and again, this song is called uh, "A City of Another Civilization." And when you and when you visit that other civilization, it is uh, it is in a dying world that's been stripped of its natural resources. But there's one sort of last high tech city, like oasis of a city here, and so it's it's this song is people from a somewhat. Uh, low-tech civilization visiting a high-tech world for the first time. And uh, and, and again, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but I don't want to spoil too much of Tales of Exilia. Uh, but um, but 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 this song is, is like a, you know, it's it's a metropolis of, like, concrete and steel that, uh, uh, but, but that, that, but also communicates sort of a, like, I, I don't know, like, like, a, like a peacefulness or a, uh, a, a a gentleness that is not present in the rest of the world of this game like like the outside the city it, it is harsh and dangerous but inside the city it is um like it's it, it's almost like elevator music but the department store that you're in is 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 strange and different and the and the characters don't know how to react <laughs> but um I, I really like tales of exilia and uh, and the and but the game had a does have a shift in tone 
uh, when they visit um, Triglef for the first time. And I think the, it has its shift in tone musically too, because mm-hmm. th- this is really the only jazz song in Tales of Exilia. And Motoi Sakuraba is not known for his jazz pieces necessarily. Um, so like for him to, and, and, and if anything, he's accused of being sort of too generic or too I was going to mention that, yeah. Yeah, so so this is like, I feel like uh, like maybe Motoi Sakuraba, kind of like how, you know, the guys in Led Zeppelin all secretly wanted to be blues musicians. I wonder if Motoi Sakuraba just, just all this time wanted to be a jazz piano player. And this is his, this is him enacting out his jazz fantasies. It's like, I want some jazz piano. Right. Uh, yeah, I would just say like, the song is like the ultimate rebuke to that, um, accusation towards Sakura, but it's, it's brilliant. Like, actually, like, um, the way you explained it, like, uh, how this song is like the, uh, like, it's like, uh, the, the, the characters visiting, like, the remnants of this, this dying high-tech civilization. Like, you could hear that in the music, like, the way, like, like, a bit midway through the song, like, the, a synthesizer kicks in, like, in the, and, like, low in the mix, and, like, it's, uh, it's, I've never heard anything like it before, like, a, a uh, uh, the synthesizer like playing along with the piano and it's like you could tell like it's like uh the high-tech nature of the of the environment is there but like it's like kind of like a it's fading away and it's but it you know and it it you can hear it in the music it's just a really it's a nice touch by Sakuraba. yeah and, and it's kind of interesting i did sort of look at some of the the uh comments and things along with this song because i was curious about the context you know i i am not overly well versed in the tales series so i looked into it and it it was interesting to read some of the comments and try and kind of parse out like the reaction to the music versus the the tonal shift in the game because a lot of people were saying you know like oh this is such a great way to you know this this is like the best music in the game like it's different and it conveys that change really well and then there were a couple people who were like this is confusing why is this jazz i don't like it well um i I mean the the tales soundtracks do run together for me a little bit i've played (laughs) i've played a bunch of tales games probably seven or eight of them and i and outside of a couple really key super recognizable ones like like the battle themes and tales of uh fantasia and symphonia uh which are often remixes of each other uh the uh like i think i think the the their soundtracks do run together a little bit but this one is so different and i think it's and i think it's a deliberate choice to have a change in genre here um that it 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 is i think the most memorable song in uh in the tales of exilia soundtrack which i would you know I i would call better than average for tales of but uh you yeah, know, it's a great game, great song, and I and I really like how the tonal shift is represented multiple ways uh, in 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 this in this location in the game. Yeah, it definitely like piqued my curiosity. Not knowing the series that well, I was started kind of I saw that it was a city theme, and I was kind of trying to picture exactly the context. And I think I I think the song does a really good job of kind of conveying a little bit of the unfamiliarity because when one of the things I sort of picked up on was a little hint of, you know, this, this isn't the usual for the characters, probably. And I may have guessed that because, you know, it is a big genre shift. So maybe that's why I kind of figured they were probably trying to convey that. But I don't know. It's an interesting change. And it's it's really neat to uh, hear Sakuraba doing jazz piano. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it, it's, um, it, it's absolutely a game worth playing. And I, I think that... Uh, 
it needs to be freed from its PS3 prison. Please, please give us some kind of uh, Tales Collection, Namco, please. More people need to see how glorious Mila's hair is in <laughs> HD. I've always found her voice really funny because, like, her voice is like very doesn't you wouldn't really expect it from her. Like, it's like this um, middle-aged woman voice, but she looks young. I don't know. I just find it funny. Like, it's like having not played Exilia, Like, I just um, this, that's how I recognize this game. <laughs> she's an odd character because she uh uh lived an incredibly sheltered life and exploring the world for the first time she's learning a lot and and but but this but in triglyph it's almost like uh like every character is the night is the naive stranger in a strange land instead of just mila (laughs) (laughs) that's so interesting Oh, I gotta play it. I have it. it I it's it's a, it. it's a good one. I I again I I've played several Tales games, and I think Exilia is one of the better ones. Have you played the second one? I have not. I enjoyed the first one so much. I bought the second one. I, I ran out to my favorite uh, game store, Starland, <laughs> and 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 found a copy of of Exilia too. But I have not played it yet. Okay, if you ever do like a retro encounter episode, I might sign on. I might try that. Well, we did we did a retro encounter episode on the first one, but uh, but 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 not the second one. Um, I, all I know about the second one is that uh, there's a whole debt repayment element to the plot, and oh. there's a and the, and there's a really really excellent cat in it. Oh, perfect! It, it's it's like it's it's the uh, the crushing pressure of debt and 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 a wonderful cat. I'll take the edge off. <laughs> but uh, you know you know what's another really good RPG cat, uh, Hillary, is uh, uh, Morgana from Persona Five. Yeah, and that that, that brings us into our next block. I think, let's see, did I, I think first we have to get into a sophisticated fight. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) I I, I can do that. I am neither sophisticated nor a fighter, (laughs) but I, uh, but I do enjoy this song. Um, Yeah. uh, From Sora no Kiseki, Sophisticated Fight is the battle theme from trails in the sky one and this is the zanmai uh uh arrangement of that song from 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 an album called soro no kiseki zanmai excellent and yep surprise we we have not had last surprise from persona 5 on the show yet and i thought it fit in beautifully here so that is my that is my choice for this block and then rounding out our lineup today is your other choice right uh uh, yeah, the the final track um, on this on this block, we're doing a block of three this time. Is uh, my choice for the funkiest Yakuza song, "Be the Star" from Yakuza Five. Excellent. All right, let's let's go get down. Okay, in the words of George Clinton, "Style is whatever you want to do if you do it with confidence." There we go. <laughs>
Right, so uh, Sophisticated Fight is the main battle theme from uh, Trails in the Sky, and uh, which was started out as a PSP game in the mid-2000s and uh, was not released worldwide until 2011, I think. Um, but uh, from the moment I played uh, the first Trails in the Sky, I was invested, and I uh, slowly started playing um, more Trails games over the years. I think I'm... I think I'm five games deep now, which means I'm a, I'm at around a around a half Caitlin maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the Zanmai uh, remix album is a remix of songs from the first three Trails games, and uh, and this is the remix remix of Sophisticated Fight. And Sophisticated Fight is already a pretty jazzy song. It has a, uh, um, but but it's a much more low key. Uh, the original is more low key than this version. It has a. Oh, it has vibraphone and piano, and is uh, and is um, sort of a surprisingly uh, jazzy battle theme. But uh, but but this version is um, is a little bit a little bit rougher, a little bit funkier. Um, it's, it's it's like you're changing brands of peanut butter from smooth to crunchy when you when you go to this uh, when you go to this album because there's uh, there's heavier guitar. Uh, the the drums are much more are, are, are much louder. Um, there's more horns, and I and uh, it, it's it's a bit of a big band sound actually, with a like the big band with funk elements. When the original was sort of more small ensemble and had more more strings, and mm-hmm. uh, and and sort of and and not and was not as loud or brassy. But I, I love this arrangement. The entire album is fun, but it basically turns a a jazzy song into sort of a uh, a a more energetic funk rock song. That's so interesting that that's the case because I, I was listening to the solo at around like a minute 15 and I was thinking that it almost sounds kind of like Hammond organish and then you mentioned like vibraphone in the original so that's that's definitely kind of a, a little bit of a like jazz to funk transition. Personally I've always felt like the original version was missing something and now I know what it was missing was like <laughs> guitars. <laughs> it was it was it was slap bass and funk rhythm guitar. <laughs> this the this song is like easily in my now my favorite version of this song I've heard. Like the original kind of well, it kind of got old for me after a while. It's like um, it's why I've never finished Chosen the Sky because like I don't know something about this song kind of makes me want to sleep. The, the original version for some reason, but uh, this one, yeah, this one is just full of energy. And it's just more, much more interesting to listen to. It's just much more layered, more instruments. Yeah, it's very much enjoyed this version. I actually think this was my my introduction to JDK Band, which was really neat. So I guess they they specialize in kind of doing those sorts of arrangements of welcome music. Which oh is, yeah, which is uh, neat. Um, one of my favorite remix songs of all time is the JD is the JDK Band version of uh, Dreaming from from the original East from the first East game. But 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 um, but like uh, Sound Team JD, JDK, uh, like like I, I think if you, maybe if you haven't played a bunch of Falcom, you associate them with only like screaming rock guitar uh, interlaced with violin solos. <laughs> but uh, but 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 they are um, quite broad musically, and they their output is incredible. Um, like with a, a a full album like almost every year, and then a remix album every three years or so. Uh, so it, it's. Uh, like um, Falcom in general is a you can tell it's a developer that really sort of respects the music of video games and uh, and their, their output has been 
awesome. And uh, the whole and I, I love the Trails in the Sky trilogy, and 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 I think the entire Zanmai album is worth listening to. But this this is I, I feel a more fun version of Sophisticated Fight, which I've I've listened to a lot, Geo, as as you have. Uh, maybe even maybe even maybe even more and <laughs> maybe even more in trails in the sky too because that that game's like twice as long as the first one. Oh no they but, bring it back oh no i'm, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure i'm pretty sure they do it, it's, it's possible i tuned it out <laughs> but it's a uh um i i i i could be misremembering that but but it, it's uh so trails in the sky 2 is set in a lot of the same places as trails in the sky 1 um so yeah, if you were sick of just uh, cycling around to five different towns in Trails in the Sky One, guess what? You do it again in the second one. Um, but uh, but I, I I really like those games, and uh, this is this is my favorite arrangement of of what I feel is a a, a pretty good uh, main battle theme. Yeah, I want to clarify like I, it's a good song. I guess I just got tired of it. Unlike the next song on this album, uh, on this <laughs> sorry, unlike the next song in this um, podcast, which is like a song you can just listen to over and over without ever ever getting tired of it in my opinion i'm honestly i'm i'm incredibly shocked that we did not have last surprise on on rhythm before so when i saw that i had to bring it it's incredibly catchy it it i think it is you hear it very 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 frequently um but it's pretty hard to to get sick of i would say um and it's a good like I wanted, I know I wanted some of Lynn's vocals on this episode because I, I really like her as a vocalist. And this was a good, upbeat, funky, determined kind of song. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it if no one else is going Do it. to. I never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, no, it, it's um, Lynn, the timbre of Lynn's voice is so unique. Like, you, you, I, I almost don't think of a Japanese vocalist having this kind of soul in it. It's a, it, it, it she, I, 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 she, she feels, I mean, I, I'm not the most experienced in, uh, in, in, in Japanese singers, but, but her, her voice really does feel unique to me and is one of the defining, um, components of Persona 5, uh, the, the acid jazz soundtrack mm-hmm. and Lynn, and Lynn's voice in a lot, in most of the key songs. Um, like, like I, I absolutely adore, uh, 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 Rivers in the Desert and, oh my God, what's, what's the, uh, uh, what's the what's the lead up what's the lead up to the height what's the heist song in the last segment of uh oh my god why can't i think of it oh let me see. oh my god it's, it's, it's killing me life will change that's life it, will that's change it. yep yeah yep. yeah like, like like when i think of um persona 5 last surprise life will change rivers in the desert lynn's uh voice is absolutely crucial to me and um and and also i i, I love how uh, and uh, how because this is the random battle song it, uh-huh. for for most of Persona Five. How the strings at the beginning are almost a perfect match with the splash of transitioning to a random battle. Oh yeah, that that was beautiful. And 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 also like after uh, and, and after you win, the way that it, uh, it it sort of transitions to your um, the camera panning quickly past your characters and them and them running on to the next yes. to the next battle with, with the victory music playing like th- those this, were th- so beautifully timed. Yeah, 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 they they really thought of how the gameplay and the visuals will match the elements of every song when they were uh, planning out and designing Persona 5. And, 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 and last surprise, uh, great battle theme, um, smartly integrated with, uh, the, with the visual flares and the, and the, and the gameplay elements. And Lynn's voice is just absolutely magical. It's, it's, Persona 5 is a special video game. 
for for many reasons and it's a uh, uh, I, I don't know, like maybe maybe for some it's a problematic fave, but I I have no problem enjoying the soundtrack. Same, same. And I, I think it's a good, like you were giving us that great quote kind of about confidence earlier. And I think that's perf- goes perfectly with Persona 5 and, you know, the idea of like being a phantom thief. And this battle theme is definitely all about confidence, right? Oh, yeah. Well, like, um... It, it, it's uh, I, I, one thing about Persona Five that I think is sort of funny. It's um, it, it like uh, the main character is really a Clark Kent ass dude. Yep. He, he, he looks <laughs> with, with the with the floppy hair and glasses. He looks so non threatening, but then when he slicks his hair back a little bit and puts on the mask, he is suddenly the coolest dude in the room. <laughs> it's true. And uh, and uh, and uh, this so, song uh, just helps so, that. so 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 when uh, when the main character, I, I guess Akira is uh, is his official name. Like when Akira becomes Joker, it's it's a Clark Kent to Superman moment, and it's and it and it really is just an an injection of confidence. And uh, and just like George Clinton said, like as long as you do it with confidence, you can like as, as styles anything you want to be. So uh, yeah, Persona Five, a very confident, stylish game. I, I don't, I think that's undeniable. I, I wonder where they found Lynn. Like I wonder like how they tracked her down because like you know she really made this soundtrack. And, and the crazy thing is like like I, I don't know what her career is like, but she just does not sound like a Japanese pop star. It's like. It, it, it's I mean, of, of, of course she's a Japanese singer like that's like like I mean obviously but th- th- that's at the top of her Wikipedia page but I, I don't know of any other singer like this it's it's it, it, it her voice is so remarkable and a perfect choice for Persona 5. Her voice is one of the like you said defining characteristics of the soundtrack and I think that's kind of another reason I wanted to bring her into the equation is just to kind of mention about how you know we we probably think of you know, jazz and funk is more American, but it's really neat to see how it's been reinterpreted and how, you know, JRPGs are incorporating it. Yeah. I I am always a proponent of more funk and R and B in, uh, in, in video games. Cause it's not, it's not the most well-represented genre. I mean, I think most of the tracks in this episode are remixes. Um, but but for Persona 5 to totally embrace uh, acid jazz and elements of funk and jazz is uh, is a, a total delight. Like I, it's not it's not surprising that we've had uh, a bunch of Persona 5 songs in previous episodes of Rhythm Encounter. But uh, last surprise is uh, is surprising <laughs> that it hasn't shown up before. <laughs> right. So thank you, Shoji Maguro. Uh, Shoji Maguro. Now, now that guy is a star. Yeah, it's true. He'll always be the star. Yeah. So okay. Okay. Uh, the last song in this block is "Be the Star" from Yakuza Five. Uh, I don't. I don't. I, I could bloviate about what Yakuza Five is for an entire episode on my own, but I. So I will spare you. I promise. But um, a, a, but I. But I do need to explain a little bit. Part of the middle chapters of Yakuza Five are of the character Haruka. Um, uh, trying to become a, a pop star, like it, it's uh, she she's discovered in her in her tiny t- in the tiny orphanage where she lives, and is taken to uh, to Osaka to to undergo um, tough dance training and voice training to be a a superstar idol. And so the, these middle chapters are about her uh, journey to do that, and it's a wild tonal shift from the rest of the game, which is you know like intense crime stories car chases shootouts a pr- there's a prison break in the chapter in, in the chapter right before haruka's chapters 
Um, and it and, it, and it takes place in five different Japanese cities, and, and Haruka's stuff is in Osaka, uh, which is the Sotenbori neighborhood from Yakuza 2. So, uh, so but Haruka's not a fighter, even though even though the other four main characters of Yakuza 5 are martial artists. So all of her gameplay is rhythm games. Um, we had a different Yakuza 5 song, uh, uh, so much more, um, a, a couple episodes ago. Uh, it was in the Yakuza episode, actually, mm-hmm. that that uh, that Jano, Gio, and I did together, and um, and 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 that song plays during the pop performance mini game or the pop concert mini games, and uh, but she also has um, voice training mini games and dance battle mini games and a Japanese comedy mini game that I never fully understood. But "Be the Star" is one of the songs from the dance battle mini games, where to improve her dance skills, she goes out into the streets of Sotenbori and challenges street dancers to, to contests. <laughs> so it's a it's a and it's a it, it's a slightly different mini game than the pop concert mini game, but it's a uh, it, it's it's very fun. There's a, there's four or five songs that you play for that one, and by far my favorite was this one, which is the I, I think it's called the rock. I think I think it's the, they call the genre of it rock. But really, it's Japanese pop with a lot of funk influence, because it, especially with the, the those very confident drums at the beginning, the slap mm-hmm. bass throughout, the horns, yep. the, uh, the the call and response vocals. Um, when they ask me, "Can I handle it?" I'm not sure I can handle it. <laughs> uh, uh, I, if I remember, is this the one with like where you dance against the grandma? <laughs> um, like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. One of the side quests is you do challenge a dancing grandma as Akiyama, um, but, I, but I'm not sure this is the song that plays for that one. I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to watch a video or something. But, but yes, one of the things you can do in Yakuza Five Sotenbori is challenge a dancing grandma. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I'm saying like the Yakuza games are all crazy, but Yakuza Five might be the craziest one. It, it's, it's sort of like. Well, it, it, it like uh, it, it, it's just the most Yakuza of any Yakuza game, which is why it's it's why it's one of my favorites. I think I might rate Yakuza Five more highly than a lot of the other fans do. I, I think it's uh, it's probably in my series top three. It's like the Dragon Quest Seven Yakuza. <laughs> yes, yes. Dragon Quest Seven is not the best Dragon Quest, but it's the most Dragon Quest. And Yakuza Five is maybe not the best Yakuza, but it's the most Yakuza. <laughs> it's the most Yakuza. Yeah. <laughs> When you're training to be an idol, yeah, it's, it's like in back-to-back chapters. It's like okay, here is the um, here is the taxi driver drift racing storyline, and here is the learning to survive in the wilderness and hunt bears storyline, and here's the I want to be the biggest pop star in Japan storyline, and they are literally back-to-back. So yeah, it, it's it's very the most young. What more could you want? How about a disgraced baseball player trying to take his local team to the nationals? Oh dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you're laughing, but you know I'm right. Sounds <laughs> impressive. <laughs> oh, this this game is so bonkers. Yeah, it is. I want to go back to it. It's been a while, but like, yeah, this song I associate it with just pure comedic genius on RGG Studios' part. Like, I just, when this song first came on, I remember just laughing my ass off. Like, this is <laughs> just Akiyama breaking out like those finger points that you do like in disco or something and like it, it's it's hilarious yeah yeah you you can do the dance battles as akiyama or haruka but but i think for haruka she can sort sort of challenge anybody but akiyama only gets a couple in in storylines like like the dancing grandma sub story but but the dance animations are 
priceless. They are they are fat, fantastic. Wow, so you can you can use more than one character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Haruka chapters are um uh are, are mostly Haruka, but you also have the character Akiyama um visiting there because Kiryu asked Akiyama if he could uh chaperone Haruka a little bit because Kiryu's not going to be around to protect her. Ah, okay. Yeah, this this song is just like it's so infectious. <laughs> it's so good. It's hard to stay still. Yeah, yeah. Funk is about uh, songs that'll get your body moving, and this is extremely danceable. Yeah. Uh, which is which I guess is why they made they chose to incorporate it in the dance battle mini game. <laughs> well, it certainly does its job. Well, I appreciate everyone's picks. There are so many fun and delightful songs here today, and I think we got some wide representation. Um, from a lot of different games and just musicals, you know, range as well. So we've got, let's see, we've got a bonus track, which we'll, we'll I'll say more about in a minute. But first, if every, everybody's ready, let me, let me first ask any final thoughts about the songs that we've heard today or kind of jazz, funk, th- those sorts of songs and RPGs. I, I, I talked about this earlier, but jazz and funk are genres that that almost defy themselves like, like like funk is any music that'll get your body moving and jazz is any music that embraces freedom and chaos within a, a few sets of rules and 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 as such i think that they are extremely just fun genres that can span uh, a huge range of soundscapes and and even melt into other genres very easily so i think it's fitting that we had such a diverse group of songs that that maybe don't seem like they would fit against each other or, or fit on the same episode, but nevertheless they do because like, like jazz and funk are, are just what's in your heart. <laughs> For me personally, like jazz uh, and funk fit um, are, have two different um, functions or like associations in my brain. Like uh, I, I listen to jazz to uh, relax and, I listen to funk if I want to like, you know, uh, be energized, if I want to groove, you know, and like, um, it's nice that we found like so many, like, you know, connections between these two genres and like how, you know, how, uh, how, like, how, like, like, you know, it, it goes deeper than like the, the similar instrumentation. And, uh, it's also like this spirit, like this, um, yeah uh basically what what Solosi said <laughs> i agree with everything Solosi said this this episode just really makes me want more of of any of this type of music in games like it, it got me thinking about how all of all of these are very kind of it sounds like memorable moments from the from the games they come from so i i'm kind of hopeful that maybe more developers you know and more teams will Think about incorporating some of these genres to reflect what's going on in the games. If there is a single genre I wish was more present in video games, it probably would be funk, and <laughs> and, and and that maybe which is why I was so I, I, I was so overjoyed when like Street Fighter Six had a lot of funk tracks in it for or had had a, a couple funky tracks in it that well, I, I that and uh, for example and um and, and and I was so excited to sign up for this episode like it, it was. I, I I probably could have done a non-track episode just by myself. I I, en- <laughs> I enjoy hearing jazz and funk, especially funk, in in uh, in RPGs so much. So so thank you so much for um for setting this episode up, Hillary, and hosting it and uh, uh, allowing us to celebrate two genres that we know that we love so much. Yeah, thank you all for being here and celebrating it with me. 
it's been a lot of fun. All right. So before we get to our bonus, I will do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, so games that made their debut today on Rhythm, uh, Geo, uh, you're the star here because those games are Moon and Last Window Secret of Cape West. Also notable, Final Fantasy IV has a surpri- surprisingly low number of times it's been on Rhythm. I think it's only been on like a couple times. And, and this is only the second time that we've had a Yakuza 5 song on Rhythm Encounter, but both times it's been like Haruk- Haruka's musical chapters. Huh. <laughs> That's neat. If you have me on episodes of Rhythm Encounter, I'll always find a way to sneak in my silly Solosi games like Monster Hunter or Yakuza in. Like it's, I, I only can can really bring songs from games that I know and love, but uh, Yakuza is among them. I'm really glad you brought that today. Um, coming next for Rhythm, we've got an episode on Dragon Quest, and we have an interview episode with Kara Comparetto. So if you like piano, uh, that is definitely an episode to look forward to. And, and and speak about games I know and love, uh, uh, Dragon Quest, n- not the best musical reputation among RPGs, but we definitely had enough to make a killer episode. I'm really excited to hear it. <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at music at rpgfan.com. Um, and let's go ahead and give, you know, our contact info as well. Uh, the best way to reach me is Hillary A at rpgfan.com through email. And how about you, Gio? Yeah, you can um, find me. Uh, well, you can find me on Discord. I'm Geo, although uh, they changed uh, the way Discord works, so you won't find me by my username. I think no, my my display name is still Geo. So hopefully, you can still find me on the RPG Fan Discord that way. Or if not, you can like uh, email me at uh, Geo at RPGFan.com. All right. How about you, Solosi? Right. Uh, if you want to find me online, the easiest way to do so is Twitter. I am at the Real Monsoon most of the time, at Evoker for Dogs at other times, and on RPG Fans Discord, I am Monsoon Mike. Great. Um, aside from Rhythm, we have two other fantastic podcasts. Uh, we have Random Encounter, which covers you know recent games, recent happenings, and sometimes our recent reviews and things we've played. Um, so be sure to listen to that. And Retro Encounter, which is a fun mix of game journals and other topics. And at the moment, they are between, well, at the time of this recording, they are between episodes of Final Fantasy VI. Oh, yeah, that uh, that old indie darling that hardly anyone's played, Final <laughs> Fantasy VI. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not on those episodes, but they uh, they do they did find an RPG fan in their uh, 30s who had never played our Final Fantasy VI. So I'm extremely eager to see how they turn out. Yeah, those will be fun episodes to listen to. <laughs> All right, and in addition to the podcasts, you know, I encourage everyone to check out the site itself, check out our social media, Twitch, um, our shop, all of those things. We, you know, cover a variety of bases with the site and it's all good stuff. So be sure to check all of those things out. And we also appreciate reviews on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, your podcast, whatever podcast platform you prefer. Um, Those subscriptions and reviews and things like that really do help us to keep making fun high quality podcast for all of you. Um, so please consider doing that. And I think with all that said, it's time for a bonus track. So would you like to introduce that, Flosey? Of course I would. Um, now, we're breaking the rules here a little bit because what are jazz and funk but breaking the rules of our uh, or other musical conventions? <laughs> um, 
but uh, b- before we recorded, uh, Gio and I discovered a mutual love of the game uh, Guitar Man, uh, which is a it, an extremely insane um, uh, music game for the PlayStation 2. It had a PSP port later about a boy named Yuichi or, or U1 that uh, transforms into a musical superhero. And basically every boss fight is battling a monster representing a different genre of music. And there is a funk boss <laughs> in Guitaru Man. So uh, we decided that like for the final boss of this episode, we could bring in that funky boss from Guitaru Man. The boss's name is Mojo King B, but, uh, but the song is called B-Jam Blues. So please enjoy B-Jam Blues from Guitaru Man. And uh, yeah, feel the funk inside your soul. Yep. We hope this episode has left you feeling funky, jazzy, and that all of you out there are having a good day, night, whenever you're listening to this. And thank you. You know, you know, Gio mentioned earlier that jazz can calm you down and funk can can get you excited. So maybe this episode was just confusing. <laughs> <laughs> take what take what you need from it. <laughs> Bye, everybody. All right. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Everybody, there's a new king in town. Get ready. Mojo, Mojo, Mojo King,
Pollyanna, I Believe in You, from the Mother series. The Grammy award-winning 8-bit big band series. Yeah, isn't that wild? Yeah, it's, it's only they were only something like the third or fourth video game song to uh, to win a Grammy, and um, b- before they created the, the dedicated video game Grammy category. The, uh, the, the very first one of those was over a decade ago with Christopher Tin winning for a song from Civilization IV. Right, yes, I remember that. Babayetu, one of the best video game songs of all time, <laughs> and I will t- and uh, no notes. I'll take my answer off the air. 